This week on Intrigued, full of fact. Just simple words were changes, you know, changes of how I feel sometimes, you know. I mean, I got my bonus rights. I can't take it. I'm Shondrea Thomas, and welcome to episode 42, the first episode of season four, by the way. In this podcast, I talk about curious cases, disappearances, and other stuff. And today, I'm talking about the disappearance of 23-year-old Veronica Reyes-Diaz from Dover, Florida. It's a city just outside of Tampa. On Friday, January 17th of 2020, Veronica went out with a girlfriend for a night of fun and drinks and was reportedly dropped off at home at around 1 a.m. By 1.45, Veronica had gone to pick up her kids from her sister's house who was babysitting. She made it back home and put her kids to bed and allegedly went back outside to her SUV. But what happened after that is a complete mystery. I spoke to Veronica's father, Fidencio, and I reached out to the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office about the case. This is what happened. Okay, so your daughter Veronica went missing, was reported missing on the 20th, 19th or 20th of January of 2020. So yes. what happened that day? How did you know that she was missing? On the 19th, Francisco texted me, her husband, asking me if I knew where Veronica was at, which I texted him back, you know, wondering what's going on and why. And he go to tell me that from her going out Friday night, the 17th, that she never made it back home. So she had been missing for a day or so before you even knew that she was missing. Yeah. Okay, so what do you know about the friend, that the person that she went out with that night? What do you know about that part of the story? That part of the story, I mean, I knew it was a friend that she knew from like 10, 10 to 12 years. Mm-hmm. They've been friends for, you know, since elementary school. And they had planned to go out. Mm-hmm. And Veronica, she said she's always been a, a stay-at-home uh, mom. Do you know what Veronica did that night or where they went? Just so you have an idea of like what her activities were leading up to her disappearance? Well, I know they went to... Uh, they went out to eat at Chili's in Tampa, which is about 30 minutes from Dover, where she, where she lives at. They went out there to, you know, just to hang out, have a couple of drinks. And uh, from what Mariah was telling me, she was getting phone calls from her husband, you know, all night, just mad, yelling at her and, you know, telling her she better get her butt home. And, you know, and then uh, I spoke with Mariah last week and she was telling me the last phone call that Veronica got was at 1230 a.m. And Mariah dropped her off at one o'clock in the morning. But he he stated to the police that he was sleeping when she got home hmm. after you after, know after at, at the report and all that mm-hmm. that he was sleeping. So at what point did she during that night? She was with her friends. Just make sure I'm clarifying this. She was with her friends. She went went out to Chili's and had some fun and did all that kind of stuff. She gets a call at twelve thirty, and then she has to go home. Where does the, her picking up her kids fit into all of this? Where is that in the mix of this night? Well, her friend, her friend dropped her off at one o'clock, one in the morning, and uh, she jumped in her uh, GMC Yukon to go pick up her kids that her sister was watching. So she left, and on the way there, she got pulled over by a city police halfway there. So she texts her friend Mariah saying, I got pulled over because the tail light was out, but she ended up, she made it to pick up her kids. She picked up the kids, got back home at 145. After that, we're lost. We don't know what happened. What about the condition of her car? From what I understand, she has some things inside of that were left inside of her vehicle. What, what's what's going on with that story? Uh, well, after the, after she was reported Monday, I, I went to work, and uh, after I got out, I I got out by noon. 
And I went over there to see what was going on. And he, he told me that everything was left in the car. Her wallet, her keys, ID, everything. The only thing that, that wasn't there was her phone. And oh. we, we were yet to find that phone. Well, she he was more talking to my ex-wife. And they talked about doing the report Monday. And they, he wanted to do it at my ex-wife's house. He didn't want to do it at his house. I don't know why or what. So he took he took the boys and went to my ex-wife's house. And he didn't get there until about 3.30 in the afternoon, which my ex-wife thought that was kind of weird because they, they talked about meeting, meeting in the morning. So you guys made the police report. And where, where do things go from there? Do you conduct your own searches? Do you go through her computer? I know you did your own investigating, right? Oh, yeah. For one, the officer didn't even want to do a report. You know, she was like, well, she's a grown adult. You know, she probably she took off, blow some steam off, which actually frustrated, frustrated the family. You know, I was frustrated. My ex-wife was frustrated over it. So come Tuesday, I went back to the house and my daughter, she had a laptop, a Chromebook that she would, she would use. And the new phone she got was an Android. It's uh, Google based. You know, so like the Chromebook. And I was able to ha- hack her computer and get in there. And I figured out everywhere she went that night. You know, it shows she went to Tampa. Chili's got something to eat. You know, she made it back home. And what I found kind of weird is that showed that her phone was in the area of her home that whole weekend. You know, I mean, and on Monday, Monday morning, her phone moved from that area. It showed okay. some kind of movement. So, you, so do you know where where it moved from, from, and to? Well, uh, what's fun? What's weird about it is we're right. Next to her house, there's there's phone tower. And from what the officers told me, it don't show exactly pinpoint where it's at. It shows about around the area. Because I know when I go visit her house, it shows on my Google that I'm actually across the street as, at some subdivision. Are there any surveillance videos or anything like that around her neighborhood that can show her getting out of her car or anything like that? Yes, the uh, mobile home right behind hers, they had two video cameras. One that faced the road and the other one that faced pretty much Veronica's front porch. And it shows um, her friend Raya dropping her off at one o'clock. And to, just because the way the mobile home park is, has multiple exits. I mean, it has one exit, but it's multiple ways to, to get to that exit. So it just showed her coming back at 145. As far as her activity, you can see, you saw surveillance video of her, her being dropped off and then her going to leaving to pick up her kids, and then her coming back with her kids. You were able to see that? No, I don't show her leaving because because the way the way the the cameras are in the mobile home park is, the mobile home park is actually like a like a figure a figure eight. Okay. And then the one 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 corner of it's the entrance and the exit. Cameras were up in one corner of the figure eight. So if she goes if she goes the other way, I don't I don't catch her leaving. So you guys do the police report. What does the husband say? Like, what does he say to the police? Or what do you guys know about that? Well, like I said, my wife, she's the one that was there. I was, I was still at working. I was still working when, that, when the report was made. Uh, but he pretty much, he told the police right off the back, you know, she was, she was, she was tired of the kids. She was talking about she was going to leave. And, you know, if anybody knows my daughter or anybody goes to do any research at all, you go through her Facebook. It's all, she was all about her kids. You know, every picture she posted, and it was about her and the kids. She loved her boys. Especially knowing me and her, me and her, we would talk every single day, if not every other day. You know, if it, if it, if it wasn't about the kids, it was something stupid, something just silly, you know? You normally, you typically had at least contact with her at least every day or every other day. So there was no time period where she just like disappeared before in the past or anything like that. Well, I mean, back in December, she, I guess it got into it, her, her and him. 
So she, same thing. She went to her, my aunt, my sister's house, her aunt's. And even my, my sister will tell you, you know, he was calling her like every 10 minutes yelling at her, you know, when you coming home, you know, it's just mad. And so after that, after that, that little meeting they had together with her aunt, she decided she didn't want to go home. She went to her aunt's or her other aunt's house. So he called me the next day. So I, you know, where she's at asking me. So I text her and she gave me a big explanation of, you know, I'm tired of him. I'm tired of being controlled. You know, something has to change. And she just didn't seem too happy. Monday comes, time goes by. Do you guys ultimately start your own searches? You put out posters. What did you do? I mean, aside from police, the police report, what did you do after that as a family? Well, after, after, you know, Tuesday, what Tuesday, I think it was about Wednesday. I got all my siblings together and we said, I told her about this, you know, just do a search because where she lives at, there's a, uh, actually like a big trails, horse trails where people go in there with horses and there's a couple of ponds in there. I told them, I said, you know, let's, let's do a search. You know, it's a big wooded area. And uh, so I, yeah, I posted it on Facebook, you know, that she's missing and when we want to do a search, which Luckily, we had over 100-something people show up on, on that Saturday. After she disappeared, we had all kinds of people trying try to help. I walked around kind of scared. You know, I was hoping not to find nothing, but just imagine. You know, as a parent, you know, you don't you don't want to find it. Have you guys gotten any leads or, or anything like did the streets say that they sightings of her or anything like that? We got nothing. We got no sightings of her. We got, we got nothing. I mean, you know, like I told the cops, you know, people just don't disappear. I mean, this this is this is real life. You know, people don't just vanish out of thin air. Well, I find it kind of weird that she made it home twice. You know, she which made it home, left again, and made it back home. You know, everything got left behind. You know, if she wanted to leave, most women leave. They're they're taking their stuff with them, their wallet, their ID. You know, something, some clothes. And I was going to say, like, since since she's disappeared, has there been any social media activity, any social security, any bank activity, anything activity wise with your daughter's identity in any way? No, no. I mean, uh, I know when they even when they handed out that uh, that tax money or whatever, I think it was last year, you know, three thousand dollars or whatever. I know the cops, they went looking into bank, bank activity and stuff like that. No, there was nothing. Mm. You know, I mean, it's just. I'm talking happened to her. You know, this is not her. Like I said, me and her were talking every day. You know, she's she's always been daddy's girl. So what are police telling you about their investigation at this point? They're pretty much, I mean, what was it? I think it was last year in September. They pretty much told me they were done. They were, there wasn't anything to do anymore. You know, I mean, it's, which, you know, that's the last thing I want to hear. When I made contact with the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office about the case, I was told that the case is still open and active. They also produced their own podcast episode about the case. You know, especially the police officers, you know, I'm, I'm missing. You know, before you even assume and just want to say, you know, it's, she's over 18, she could take off. You know, do a little investigation before you even, you even automatically assume that. You know, listen to the family. Listen, listen you know, to mother father you know go through the social media you know because like i said on her facebook she was all, all about her kids you know and then if you go through there far enough you see every like she would post a lot about me you know thank you daddy thanks for this thanks for that <clears throat> if the cops were did their job and investigated a little bit before they're automatically assumed i'm pretty sure i would have had my daughter a long time ago we don't pay our taxes for you to assume 
And that's the thing, like that first, like people say the first 48 is important. It is absolutely critical, that first 48 hours. So how can they just come to the conclusion of just, they just stopped the investigation or they just said, we're not going to look for her anymore? Pretty much told me if a uh, resident out there or somebody don't find a body in the tour, I won't be hearing from them again. Run to the point. Have you taken on maybe a, another, a private investigator yourself to maybe see? I looked into them, but you know, I mean, somebody that I talked to, they're charging anywhere from two to three hundred dollars an hour. I mean, I don't have that kind of money. I can afford that. There's yeah, no way. Most people can't. That that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Yeah, especially if you and me, I don't even make that kind of money. I got work, you know, all week straight, nonstop, pay for one day. Tell me about your daughter. Tell me about her personality. What she's like. Um, you said she was all about her kids. Tell me more about her. She funny. She serious. Tell me about that. Well, Veronica, like I said, she's she's always been daddy's girl. You know, I remember when she was a baby, all she did was cry when, when her mom left her and she was with me. And all she did was cry and cry and cry. But as she got older, you know, we she's, we became a little closer. And she, especially after me and her mom split up, you know, she was all about her dad. You know, I, I would get them every, every weekend. And I remember <clears throat> we would go shopping and all, all she wanted to do was hold my hand. You know, as we're you know walking down the, the aisles at the store, and you know it's just she's she's just always been my girl. She's 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 real gullible too. You know, she has a lot of trust in people, and she she'll give you her, her shirt off her back to help you out. And I, I I remember one time she told me she was like, Dad, you know, thank you, you you've taught me a lot. You showed me that I have to take care of myself, you know, look good all the time. You know, for, not, not, not just for everybody, but for myself, make me feel good. Tell me about your last conversation with Veronica. What did you guys talk about and when was it? The last conversation I had with her was actually on Wednesday, you know, because on my route home from work, she, she was always, you know, on the one route home. I stopped by there Wednesday and we and her, we talked a little bit. Y'all played with my youngest grandson. And she told me, she's like, Dad, you know. They're, they're an adoption going through, you know, because her two oldest boys didn't belong to Francisco and he was going to adopt them. And, you know, so she told me, she's like, you know, take take that day off, which was the following Wednesday, you know, two days after, you know, what, three, four days after she, she disappeared. She said, take that day off. We could come with us to court and we'll go celebrate, have dinner or something. I told her, I said, yeah, I, I'd, more, I'd be more happy to, you know, so she, she sent me a picture of the, the paperwork to tell me what courthouse is going to be at what time. And that's the last time I had face-to-face conversation with her. Wow. So as far as the relationship, it sounds like it was kind of, it, go, it was going back and forth. You know, it sounds like, cause they, they might fight a little bit, but then it sounds like he was in the process of adopting her, her two sons that weren't, cause she had three kids total, right? So one with the husband kids. and then two outside of the, out, who were mm-hmm. outside of the marriage. Did that ever happen? Or, or, I mean, where are the kids now? Yeah, the adoption went through. And uh, he has all three of the kids. But, I mean, she loved her husband. I mean, don't get me wrong on that. You know, she was a housewife. She cooked him, you know, dinner every night and make sure he had lunch for, for work. And, you know, she took care of him, took care of the house. But, I mean, I guess just like any, anybody in a relationship, you can push somebody so far where they'll still, still love you, but, you know, they just don't want it no more. From what I've seen before, before all this went down, I thought they had a good relationship. But you don't know what goes on behind closed doors until you get in, involved into that relationship. 
you know, which I found out after I did a lot of digging myself, especially talking to her friends also. Well, with that, what did you discover? I mean, I discovered, I mean, he he had a lot, a lot of infidelity. I mean, he had girlfriend after girlfriend. I mean, he was time where he wouldn't come home at all, you know, until 10, 12 o'clock at night. I think my daughter was kind of, she knew about it. She got, you know, she was tired of it. You you try to make things work as much as you can, but, you know, you can only push somebody so far. Tell me about the impact that Veronica's disappearance is having on you, is having on your family. I mean, it's got to be just extremely difficult with the having the unknown with everything. How has that been affecting all of you? You know, being almost two years already, I've learned to manage it. You know, and I have my daughter and I've been able to talk to her like I used to. When I, when I talk about her and the situation, I've, you know, of course, it, it brings tears to my eyes. You know, I, I mean, it just things weren't the same anymore. You know, I mean, my daughter, she's pretty much one that started started a family. You know, she was my first daughter. She was the first granddaughter. She was the first niece to all my, all my siblings. I mean, she was the first born in, 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 my, my, in my immediate family. It's, I mean, everybody's taking a toll on it. They were just married for a year before she disappeared. That was what do you remember about just that moment of, of, you know, being with your daughter and, you know, on the dance floor? Because that video looks like it's just really, really important, you know, that precious moment for you as a parent. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was, it was wonderful because I know, you know, how much she struggled. Like I said, you know, she had two kids from, you know, before she got married with him. And she was she, she, she was a young mom when she had her first, her first, her first kid. She had a lot of struggles. So what would you like to see happen now? I mean, I know you, of course, you would like to have your daughter back. I can, that's, you know, of course you would want that. Um, but is there anything that you can, that you would like to see happen as far as the investigation or the police or the public or how anyone can help you guys in any way? You know, what, what gets me is, you know, September when this, uh, Gabby disappeared and they reported her missing and stuff. And within two weeks, there was a whole search for her and she was just missing. Same thing. She was a grown adult, but my daughter come missing and, you know, they didn't take it serious till it was, I, I believe, Two, two or three months later, so when they finally seen that, you know, it was serious. I've had multiple people reach out to me about the, the issue with Gabby Petito and, and how her story was covered, how she was searched for, and all the attention that was paid to the case. And actually still now, there's still a lot of attention on the, the boyfriend on the daily news cycle. So how do you feel as a parent when you see this occurring and you look at the results of what happened with your daughter? I mean, you know, I'm glad. I'm, I mean, I'm glad. You know, I mean, Gabby, Gabby Petito got found. I mean, not in she didn't get found in the, the great way, but I'm glad she got found and they're doing what they're doing to get her justice. But myself personally, I blame, you know, her being missing and not getting that, that attention she needs on the media. A lot of it has to do with the media. We called multiple news stations and they told me without police calling us, we can't do nothing. And my sister, she knows one of her friends. She's a white girl. And she knows somebody who works at one of the news stations. And put some strings for us. And we finally got out there. Which, of course, since one did the story, the rest I wanted to go in there and do the story. So me as a person in the media, I'm asking you, what do you think needs to happen? What do you think needs to change with the way that these stories are covered as a parent? I mean, even, even if, uh, if uh, any, any of the news channels, you know, does a, a special a special at the end or at the beginning or whatever, you know, about the message as a reminder of the missing, especially in, in, your, in, the, in your county. Because, I mean, our county here, Hillsborough County, He's air it once a week or whatever, you know, just a reminder, you know, we got so-and-so missing, so-and-so missing, you know, kind of, just kind of keep it out there. Do you think race is a factor when it comes to how the stories are covered? Well, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a card I never wanted to play. 
it's race card. Veronica's mom, she's white. You know, my, my wife now, she's white. So, you know, me, myself personally, I don't, I try not to see color. You know, I try not to see, see that, you know, or even play that card. But after my daughter, you know, and I, yeah, I, I believe so. It's, it's, it's on who you are, ranked in society. I mean, if you're, if you're somebody with up in power, rather you're black, doesn't matter, but you're wrecked up in power, then yeah, you can get, you can get attention. But if you're lower class, I mean, it doesn't matter if you're black or white. If you're lower class, no matter. Because I mean, even if a sheriff tries to help, then they're not going to help. Say if, if they do, they're not getting that out of it. If by chance, if there was some way that your daughter was able to see this interview or someone who has information about her um, were to see this interview, what would you say to them? If they got kids themselves, you know, I don't wish none of this on nobody. It's just the, the point of not knowing. You know, it's the worst, worst part of it. If you don't want to review yourself or whatever, at least put something out there where she's at, where I can finally bring her some, some peace. What would your words for your daughter be at this point if she were able to hear you right now? Just that I love her and I miss her. And I know her boys miss her because they, they ask for her every time I see them. The youngest one, he, he, don't even, he don't even know you. He was too young. So you do have a Facebook page for your daughter. What's been happening on that page? Have people been commenting a lot on there? You've been getting a lot of support on that page? We just have a lot of followers. I mean, we'll get uh, people who go in there, you know, throw prayers in there. So what would you say to the people who have been helping you and supporting you over all this time? What would, you, what would your words be for them? Them, I would I'd like to say thank you. Thank you for your support. Thank you for sharing my daughter's, you know, flyers. And we need all the support we can. We can get. You know, especially, I mean, I might, I might seem cool right now, but I have my moments, you know, and, and just simple words with changes, you know, changes of how I feel sometimes, you know, I mean, I got my moments where I just, I can't take it. When it comes to my final thoughts about this case, there are plenty of questions that come to mind. Now, we know that Veronica made it home twice that night, but what happened after that is a mystery. According to Veronica's father, the husband was sleeping and didn't hear her come in. And what about the strange activity on the cell phone? The family says it pinged at the house that Friday night and all weekend, and then there was nothing as of Monday when they filed the police report. And here's another thought. Is it possible that when Veronica went back outside, was there someone out there waiting for her? At this point, there's no other video of Veronica leaving again after she was seen on video bringing her kids home and being dropped off by her friend. And based on what the family says, while there were issues in the marriage, it's unlikely that Veronica would actually abandon all three of her children. There are plenty of unanswered questions about this case, but the bottom line is that Veronica vanished without a trace and none of her personal information or social media has been active since her disappearance. The family is hoping to get more media attention for the case, and I'm glad that I could do my part. I'll keep you posted on updates on this case as I get them in. If you have a case that you want me to check out, just visit me on the Intrigued Full Effect Facebook page or email me at intriguedfulleffect at hotmail.com. Until next time, be safe and stay true.
The views, information, or opinions expressed during the Intrigued Full Effect, Curious Cases, Disappearances, and Other Stuff podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of the host. The primary purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. The host of this podcast assumes no liability or responsibility for any activities in connection with opinions shared in the podcast. The podcast and blog associated with it shall not be used in any legal capacity or as a basis for expert testimony. Any copyright material in the podcast is approved by the owner or as part of the public domain. Music by Pond5